The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Marvelous. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The pot of thunder and rock and roll. Ooh, ow. The spell you run down will be broken by Chris Jericho, and it's Friday. It's The People's Podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride. Guess what? I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Woo! Ticketing. Yeah, it's an old classic, a little Nazareth, rocking it with the cowbell. It's called Hair of the Dog. I always thought that song was called Son of a Bitch, right? (laughs) So glad to have you here. Jerrica Hollicks, how in the hell are you? Got another great show with Matt and Jeff Hardy coming up. Both had their fair share of substance abuse issues, but they've both come out on the other side. They're outstanding citizens, people to look up to in this day and age. We're going to ask them about Team Extreme and Lita, about being split up as a tag team, one of the greatest tag teams of all time at that, and going their own ways in singles matches. We'll talk about their departures from the WWE and how things are going for them nowadays in TNA on the independents. Both of them got so much uh, things going on. Lots of charisma a lot of creativity between these two lads lots more with the hardy boys with a z i've also got two special guests literary experts cheyenne and sierra irvin will be here to give you their reports their reviews of the latest in books uh, that are available today 
So we've got that coming up. It's going to be a huge show. Before we get into it, I want to thank all of you for listening. I know you got a lot of schwasses in podcast today, and I appreciate the fact that you schwas my podcast. Uh, I want to thank you also for doing your Amazon shopping through my links at podcastone.com. It's the easiest way to support the show. Amazon is a proud sponsor of Talk is Jericho, and every time you shop at Amazon through my link, Amazon gives a small percentage of your purchase back to the show to help us cover production costs. You know you got to pay for the studio time, the bandwidth, everything that goes into doing this show for you for free for twice a week. You know you can get on Amazon, right? You can get Foz new album do you want to start a war you can also pre-order my new book my third book the best in the world at what i have no idea that drops on october 13th but you can pre-order it now on amazon but here's the truth about using my Amazon links. You don't have to buy anything if you don't want to. Won't cost you anything extra if you do decide to pick something up. There's no hidden charges. There's no fees. You can buy whatever you were planning to buy and help the show out in the process. No purchase too big or too small. Every little bit counts. Every little thing you buy is magic. Every little thing you buy is cool. Every little thing you buy is tragic. Everything you buy just breaks the rules. Yeah, just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I've got Amazon links for the USA, the UK, and Canada, a bookmark it as well, so you can get to these links in one easy click. All right. Got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, My chin is actually hurting as the skin heals from having the five stitches in it. I can't wait to get these out, but I'll wait until after my last match in the WWE for this run at Night of Champions against Randy Orton. Very excited about that. Currently on tour uh, with Fozzie uh, and Theory of a Dead Man. We play tonight in San Antonio at Backstage Live. Saturday, we're in Shreveport, Louisiana for the big rock festival there called Festapalooza for KTUX. Then uh, head over for Night of Champions. And then next Tuesday in Atlanta, center stage. All of those shows with Theory of a Dead Man. Also, we're doing headlining shows September 25th in Beckley at Munchies, September 28th in Parkersburg, West Virginia at the Six Pence, October 1st, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Pierre's, October 5th, New York City, Gramercy Theater. We are returning. Very, very excited about all these cool things that I have coming up and a lot more in the pipeline. Thank you for joining me and... All of you uh, really uh, always request to hear Ash, the fish expert. But what you didn't know, uh, Ash, of course, is my son. He does a great job as the fish expert here on Talk is Jericho. But what you didn't know is my daughters, Cheyenne and Sierra, are literary experts. They are uh, avid readers, and they're going to give you their reviews in the latest of books. Okay, welcome to Critics Corner, the number one place for book reviews in the world today, featuring literary experts Cheyenne Irvin. Yo, what's up, peeps? And Cece Irvin, Sierra Irvin. Yo, what's up, peeps? How you doing? All right, we've got a couple of, uh, of street kids here, apparently. Uh, they have both read uh, the bestsellers of the day. And they've written uh, some reviews to give to you, the literary people out there, the fans of book reading. Why don't we start with you, Sierra? What book did you read? I read How to Break Your Dragon's Heart by Cardessa Cowell. Okay. And uh, read us your review. Okay. The settings, even though these aren't real names, here they are. Burke and Berserk. 
Wow. Birkin Berserk, okay. <laughs> and the main characters are Fish Legs, Hiccup, and Kamikaze. And Toothless, who is Hiccup's dragon, which I'll tell you about a little later in the story. Okay. So what happens in the book? In this book, they go on berserk, looking for their dear friend, Kamikaze. They look and search, and it turns out she's inside a tree. They look around and get trapped by these berserks, which is their Viking name. And they get trapped there for days and get fed to the beast. The beast is green, and it turns out to be the dragon Furious, the brother of Hiccup Hounders Haddock II, and Hiccup Hounders Haddock Third. So Hiccup is the good dragon? He's the good dragon person. trainer. Oh, good person. Yes, oh. and he speaks Dragonos, which is dragon language. And it's and the... Norse in dragon language means they can talk human lang- language. Like Stormfly, Kamikaze's dragon, a moo dragon. And that's, I suppose, the only way Toothless can understand Hiccup. Oh, okay, so Toothless is the good dragon. Yeah. Toothless and Stormfly and a whole bunch of Hiccup's friends' dragons are good. Oh, and one of my favorite dragons of Hiccup's, the Sabertooth Tiger, the one-eyed. The one-eyed Sabertooth Tiger, that's a dragon? Yes. Wow, okay, so what? Ta- what, what how does the story continue? He sets the dragon Furious free, which no one should ever do. He rides it, then Furious the dragon turns on him. But Hiccup falls 300 feet, maybe. Hiccup calls Windwalker and Dragonos, and he catches him. He almost went into a ball of fire. Hiccup's arch enemy, Alvin the Treacherous, he is evil. And then Hiccup and Alvin start sword fighting. Wow. Okay, so then how does the book end? The book ends by everybody's happy they find Kamikaze. And then there's this hero called Humongous the Hotshot, the hero. And he marries this girl named Tantrum. Wow. So that's, this is uh, part of a series of books, right? Yes, all by Caressa Cowan. And, and now I am on the ninth. How many books is there? There's 12. I mean, they're making a 12th one. And I'm so excited to read it. You know why? Why? Because my brother read this, Ash the Fish Expert. (laughs) He read the series. And I can't wait to follow in his footsteps of reading. So maybe after I'm done with this, I'll read the same books he does. Okay, so what do you give this book out of 10? What do you rate it? I rate it. Not for children under four years old. Okay. Because it's very confusing when you're <laughs> younger. And um, sometimes some parts are a little creepy. Like there's this picture that I think it's even creepy that I think little littler kids. people would think is creepy too. So I think not for people under the age Four. four, okay. And what do you give it out of ten? You give it eight out of ten, nine out of ten, ten out of ten, one out of ten? 
How about a hundred out of ten? Wow. What about the creepy picture? Tell us about it, Sierra. Oh, well, it's... it's <laughs> Should I um, take it over there? <laughs> it's the evil witch in the ninth book that I told you I was reading. I saw it, and she came out of a cauldron. How scary is that? That big wow, pot that big witches pot. get. And she was bony like a skeleton with long white hair. Wow. And... She was blind, so her eyes looked like swirly things. Okay. And this is the creepiest part. She crawled on all fours like a beetle everywhere. Ooh. No walking unto. That all is fours. creepy. Is that creepy, Shy Shy, too? Yes. Okay, so that's CC's review. That's a great review for How oh. to Break a Dragon's Heart. Before, I also have some things to tell you about. Well, let, let, let's let Shy Shy do her book review, and then you can hold that thought, and you can tell us about They're it after. Just short little things. Okay, we'll Dad. say them quickly. Okay, so three main ideas that I think is Hiccup set a dragon free with the key that unlocks all doors. Mm-hmm. Fish legs got five pots of honey from the berserk bees who are really berserk. Mm-hmm. Kamikaze got stuck inside a tree and she got out of the tree in the very end. And my favorite part was when Hiccup rode a huge dragon. I mean, it was huge, like maybe 13 feet long. Mm-hmm. It's wow. so cool how books can make your imagination wild. Good job, Cece. All right, let's go over to yep, peace. Clan. peace, peace, peace. And I'll be back later. Okay, well, you're not going anywhere. You're still sitting here. We got uh, Cheyenne, the other literary expert here on Critics Corner today. And what book did you read and who wrote it, Shy? Well, first of all, my nickname is Shy Shy, if you don't know it. And Ron Roy wrote this book, and it's called The Runaway Racehorse. Okay. And the main characters of this book is Dink, Josh, and Ruth Rose. Dink, They're, Josh, and Ruth Rose. Mm-hmm. The horse's name is Whirlaway. Okay, so so what, what's the mystery that they're trying to solve? Well, they're trying to solve what happened to Whirlaway because he actually ran away, not like to see his mom, he just ran away. But someone actually stole him. Oh, okay. They stole him because they knew he was the fastest horse in the land. So they traded him with this horse called Dancer. Oh. So to pretend Whirlway was Dancer, they put shoe polish on him. Oh, wow. Which you use for your shoes. Gotcha, to polish your shoes. Dink and Josh wanted to um, go take a picture with the winner, which was actually Whirlaway, but they thought it was Dancer. So when they took a picture um, at the end, they saw something black on Josh's shirt. Uh-huh. And, and what was it? it was the shoe polish because they, the horse was leaning in right beside them, and Josh was like this close, and then the shoe polish revved off onto his collar. Oh. So that proved that Josh stole him? No. Oh. Josh is one of the good guys. The oh. one who stole him was Mr. Forrest's friend. And if you don't know who Mr. Forrest is, he's the owner of Whirlaway. Oh, okay. So he was the one that stole the horse. No, um, his friend. Oh, his friend was the one that, that stole the horse. His friend that, um, <laughs> his friend that sold him Whirlaway and had his mom oh. in the farm. And that's where Whirlaway grew up because he... Got out of the mom's stomach, and she gotcha. was still in there until 
his friend told them the forest. This is A to Z mysteries, which means there's a mystery for every letter of the alphabet. What letter of the alphabet is this? It is w- R. Oh, R. Okay. I got it from my um, teacher, who's Mrs. Duggar. Okay, Mrs. Duggar. Shout out to Mrs. Duggar. So what do you give this book out of 10? You give it 1 out of 10. You give it 10 out of 10. How about 1,000 out of 10? 1,000 out of 10. Wow. So is this the best book you've ever read? Yeah. Is Josh your favorite character or is Dink? I like Dink. I like Ruth Rose because she always stands up to herself because Josh always like duels her and stuff and she always stands up for herself and says yes um, and she always wins. Oh, she always wins? Yeah. Okay. What are you going to say, Cece? All those people out there who love books to read and if you're my age or Cheyenne age, which we're both eight and we're twins identical twins we would like you to read these series a to z mysteries and how to train your dragon so if you can find any of those books that'd be great and if you love reading just try the best you can to please find these books and you'll be amazed what they can tell you you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, because our mom posts um, us a lot of stuff. The all little, right. It's just going to be great. So if you see any of those books and if you like the sound of it, go on and buy them. Or Thanks. you could see us tweeting when we're older. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good job. Literary experts Cheyenne and Sierra Irvin. All right, how cute was that? Asking you to go to Google, go to Amazon and buy those books if you want to. A to Z Mysteries and, of course, the How to Train Your Dragon series. I think I've got a, like a modern-day Partridge family here. i got Ash the Fish Expert. i got Cheyenne and Sierra Irvin, the literary experts. Uh, if you like them and you want to hear more from all three of my experts, uh, hit me up on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho and let me know what you think of all things on this podcast. All right, the Hardy Boys are next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. is Jericho. All right, here we go. Round two with Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Hardy Boys. After uh, you got over as the Hardy Boys with Michael Hayes in your corner, uh, you guys became known as Team Extreme. It was about raising the bar every time. And then the TLCs started coming in, in, into play. Uh, did you ever feel like... Um, I remember WrestleMania in Anaheim. That was another show stealer. That was a three-way with the Dudleys, too. That was mm-hmm. another good element to have with you guys as well. Uh, did you ever feel like, like you know, we got to keep raising the bar and got to keep going, going crazier and crazier? I mean, is that kind of what the cycle you got into? Yeah, we we always did, and I, th- I think everyone does. I mean, as a performer, mm-hmm. I'm sure you feel the same. You mm-hmm. know, like you, you just know, like there's something about your own personal pride and your own personal passion, which is is sometimes great and and sometimes uh, not so not so helpful. You know, with things in this business, but we always felt like we had to go out and we had to do something new, something different, something innovative, and probably the biggest letdown for us 
you know, as professionals with the ladder match at, at this point was when we had the cage match in Pittsburgh where we won the tag team titles. We beat Edge and Christian in the cage, and, and we really beat each other up in this match. And the next night we went to State College. I'm, I'm sure you were on the show mm-hmm. too. And it was the first night when we went from USA to the new network to TNN. Right. right yeah. And we were just supposed to do a promo, and we were all really sore and beat up. Mentally, we weren't ready or prepared for it. And they said, hey, you guys have a three-segment ladder match tonight. I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. You know, and we're like, what? You know, yeah, I remember are, are you kidding me? Like, we're not in any kind of mental or physical state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember Pat Patterson sat us down. He said, guys, he said, you guys, you know, have mastered these matches. They love it. He said, you don't have to top what you've done before. You don't have to do anything crazy. Just go out and have, like, a solid, decent, regular match. And I remember, like, we were all upset. We're like, no, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, we have something, an image, and, like, a, a legacy almost we have to protect if we're doing this match. Because, you know, every match we've done has been great and special. Even the one we have, the Forgotten TLC. <laughs> you know, right, we, yeah. went out, we went out and had a hell of a match. That was another that one night. they just laid it on us Yeah, that, that was hours that was before. T- right, that, with less than 24 hours before mm-hmm. notice. Uh, but, you know, this day we, we walked in the building and we found out we had it. And we were also disappointed because we knew our performances wouldn't be up to par because we were also beat up from the night before. But we still, you know, we made the most out of it that we could. Good. And this maniac somehow taking a spear off the. I mean, like, I really. crazy. I mean, I, I feel like he's a cyborg. Still, the things he does now. <laughs> a, a match that's airing on TNA when we're doing this, it'll be this Thursday. I mean, he jumped off the top turnbuckle and swantoned uh, the bottom half of the stairs when Bobby Lashley moved and, like, hit it perfect. Like, he's still. I've never known anyone. I mean, he's been wrestling for 22, 23 years now. I've never known anyone to do the, the, the crazy things he's done with the consistency and, and you know, with the, the, the run and longevity that he's had. It blows it, my mind. Is it just the daredevil attitude, Jeff? Is I it think fearlessness it is. or I'm, I'm just going to flash back to, like, before we did make it, I used to race motocross amateurly. Like, I was an amateur, mm-hmm. and we were wrestling, too, and, like, I, I wanted to go pro in motocross, but, God, it cost so much money to race, and I just wasn't good enough to be professional in wrestling. I definitely felt that talent, so I went with wrestling. But I always compare those uh, TLC matches to – freestyle motocross like how how much more can these guys raise the bar what they're mm-hmm, doing on these mm-hmm. bikes i mean you, you can't you can't do but like travis pastrana did a double backflip a few years ago i mean what how can you continue yeah, to raise yeah, the bar yeah. and with us i mean i don't think you can you can just you know go out there and there's going to be things from time to time that impress people but man when you're doing matches that good i mean just leave them there you know you're not don't never don't ever worry about topping them just you know mm-hmm. but you've done some stuff i mean both of you guys have but i had the one that just popped in my head is is i don't remember who it was someone was on the table and it was like i don't know 15 foot ladder or whatever it was in the aisleway and you climbed up to the top and did the swanton from the top of the ladder in the aisleway down on top of the table i mean yeah what's the uh just go for it and whatever happens happens or is there some kind of a, a technical aspect to it or how do you do that I don't, it's weird with me man like i see things you know i have these visions and i feel that i can do them Mm-hmm. And and normally I do my best not to hesitate, and and it's worked out so far. I'm I'm just extremely lucky. But like if I there, there's weird things that I feel like I can't do that other people think it'd be easy to do. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like you said, completely raising the bar as both guys did. Mm-hmm. How how uh, important was was the addition to Lita to your uh, to your team with Team Extreme? Because that was one of the the most popular acts of the Attitude Era. You know, you still think about that. Just like the three of you guys together, it really worked. Yeah, I mean, it helped us out greatly just because myself and Jeff, we, we pretty much had, you know, all the kids as fans. We mm-hmm. had all the females as fans. You know, some of the guys that were the older guys, the the 18 to 25, I don't know. These guys are, mm. you know, they're little heartthrobs. Yeah, yeah sure, good-looking guys. Cool, but, yeah. but once once we had Lita and added her to the fold, then, then those fans came too. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helped us complete the demographic. We felt like we were getting everyone at that time. Uh, and, and then just to have a girl that emulated what, what, what we did, mm. it was really a great – 
package that yeah. really, really fit and it worked for everyone. And, and I, I really think it helped more than anything to bring everyone, you know, onto our bandwagon. Right, you know, right, the, right. the total demographic. There, there, our group, Team Extreme, had something for every single fan. Yeah, and that's I loved that about the Attitude Era too. Is that everybody had an angle, everybody had a character, everybody had a gimmick, and everyone was over. Mm-hmm. And sure, it was based around you know Rock and, and Steve. Those were kind of the tent poles in Triple H, but. The guys like you guys, Team Extreme and Edge and Christian and you know Jericho and Angle and, and you know Ben Juan Eddie, mm-hmm. all of us. I mean, that could be the best roster in in wrestling history. Was that early two thousand roster? Absolutely, no doubt. And, and even even looking back, man, the, the more I think about it, and you know, I, am I correct? I don't know. This is my theory in a lot of ways. I still look back and I go that wrestling was so hot, and Steve and Rock were so on top, and they knew no one was going to uh, nobody was going to be worried about who the top guys were or if the mm-hmm, building was going to sell because right. it was doing great business at that time. Then other people got attention. You know, like I remember you guys did some amazing stuff because they gave you attention and you got a spotlight, yeah. you got a stage, and, and same with us. Tag team wrestling was important again. I feel like now, even when I, I watch the product sometimes, they're just so worried about is our top angle going to draw? Is it going to sell out? Or is it going to do great pay-per-view numbers? Is it going to mm-hmm. help the network get where it needs to get? Whatever it is, you know, that's all they're concerned about because they, they have have to be you know back in those days they didn't have to worry about the rock and stone cold because they they were set Good you point. know and now the under the the acts that are underneath don't get the attention that, that we did back then mm-hmm. i feel like because WWE has always been based around it's a main event company yeah from, no doubt. from vince's dad to, to vince no now but when you had that locked in then everything yeah. else you're right because vince very much pays attention to what's going on on top but i think in those days he could pay more attention to everything else mm-hmm. because he'd have to worry so much about yeah his, his tunnel vision didn't have to set in on like his main angle that was gonna you know provide the main revenue yeah, for the company yeah. and now, now i think it does so when when they did the split i remember we did the brand split we moved from smackdown or there was a smackdown team and a, and a, and a raw team and they remember vince's big verdict was he was splitting up all the tag teams and and you guys got split up as well. Was that the first time that that the Hardy Boys had ceased to exist? Was when the brand split happened? Because I think you guys were still rolling up until then, pretty much, right? We 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 were rolling. They they tried to do a, a split with us at one point where I want to say myself and Lita were having issues, and like Jeff was kind of by her side, and like I remember there was one point where they wanted us to do a. Uh, a shot where you kissed her, remember that? Oh, and you yeah, said yeah. You, you, you weren't going to do it because yeah. you weren't comfortable, you didn't like it. Oh, we for know. real, you didn't want to do the, the kiss. Yeah. For, right. Because yeah, yeah. you guys were dating at yeah. the time, right? right. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and, and then uh, we ended up being reprimanded like we were get, you know, off TV for like six or seven for weeks. For what? Because, because we didn't go through with it. You know, although we still worked the house shows, we still did all the Because house you wouldn't shows. do the kiss or because you wouldn't go through with the split? Uh, a, a little bit of both, I think. Really, I, I think I think we, we we had a match against one another. I remember we wrestled in, in in San Diego, and, and I remember people weren't weren't fans of the match. And I was so sick that day. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, do I was really. like extremely sick, and we had a match. It was supposed to be like not a vicious match, the first one of many, and like, and, and I guess things worked out as it were supposed to because you know some fans were like disappointed. Internet fans were mm-hmm. were disappointed in the match, what it was, and then like we didn't want to we didn't want to fight against one another at that time because we thought we had a lot left to do as a tag team, and and WCW was just starting to I think they were getting ready to come if they hadn't at the time, and we realized like God if these guys come there's not going to be anything for us to do really on our own. You know all the guys coming over, yeah, when, you know Vince because they're going to be trying WCW, to invest right. in all these guys, get them over whatever, and, and and I still think we 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 weren't ready to split at that time when we finally did split and we did the deal where you know I went to SmackDown and, and Jeff stayed on Raw and I became Matt Hardy version one. I think that that was the right time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, before you know, and in, in the story, people really never like seeing us fight one I another. Think so yeah, and 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 I, and I always believe that. You know, even when we did that angle, like in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and we went to WrestleMania twenty five, I thought it was a great match. But I don't think people believe ever they won't that we hate one another mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. our whole story, everything we've been built upon, is you have two kids from the middle of nowhere 
that you know had each other's back and chased the dream and they made it and they did it together and and i thought the jealousy thing matt being jealous of jeff would totally work and and i thought we did good when it first started but i think we kind of jumped the shark so to say whenever they said i burned his house down down. that was just too much like i i I even think like people were like oh come on right right, you know and and i suggest that as well because i had a pretty good you know pretty good grasp on what people bought and what they didn't buy at that time you know but they they still want to go through it and you know all you do is is make the most out of whatever you have so we try to going way back with the kiss deal that was the i was starting to feel a little rebellious uh, Mm -hmm. and that was the first time i I remember telling myself man this is when i can say no i'm not doing it Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be right i mean because i just i said to myself i wasn't gonna do it and this is my chance to because i would do anything basically they wanted me to do but and i stood up for myself and you know us and then and i said no Mm -hmm. now what do you mean you're starting to feel rebellious as far as this is a chance, I can say, I know I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick to my gun. I'm not going to give in. Right, right, right. And, and it's probably too. I mean, I, Jeff is. Confidence had kind of came over me a little bit. Because you, you knew know, that you were, been doing you were on a roll. Yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah. and two, I think, I think he was on a roll. And he's always been on a roll. But Jeff's a sweetheart. And he's just so easy to get along with. And, and typically, I think people would feel like they could take advantage. We have this amazing performer in Jeff. And he's going to do whatever we want him to do. If you want, you know, we, we want this guy to go sure, around. Yeah. Jeff's like, oh, it's no yeah, problem. You, we know, want that, you know, and, and I think yeah. he's just such a nice guy. People, you know, they, they buy into that and they know that and they're like oh well he'll do whatever but i think he was like no i'm not i'm gonna do what i want to do i, I, I want to have an opinion i want to have a voice i remember that even in matches too because you're so laid back and so easy going but i remember when we used to work either tag teams or singles i'd put together matches to protect you and give you stuff because other people try not take advantage of you because you're not stupid but right. oh, jeff will just do whatever he'll do sure, whatever we tell yeah, him to and it's like yeah. No, no, man. That's not that's not the deal. He just he's cool, but it's he's not he's not an idiot. Like, yeah, if you Jeff yeah. go stand over there in the corner and and, and wait, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Y- you could see how sometimes a certain mindset in this business, people will take advantage of that. Sure, you know yeah. what I mean? Definitely. I mean, a lot a lot of times, you know, people will mistake kindness for weakness, right? You know, in several ways, and I think I think sometimes that can be an issue with him, you know, and and i think it was with both of us because we loved what we were doing mm-hmm, so much and mm-hmm. i think i finally started realizing like no come on like you can't we have to make this fair we have to make this right for the segment not just for one person sure sure you know and that's something i've always tried to pride myself on like I, even you know my recent run i've done off and on with ring of honor their bigger stuff you know they're just so some of the people were blown away that how I try and do what's right for the segment. And, and you can do this because you're a, a perfect example of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know how to go out and do what's best for everyone, but keep yourself over. Right. You know, and, and that, that's what blows people away. That's what, a lot of people don't get to that, don't evolve to that stage in this business. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and that, that's what it's all about. And it's just sometimes you have to keep people in check and make sure they do Yeah, that. exactly. But when you did split up, though, you mentioned the Mattitude. That was great. The Sensei of, Matt, sensei of Mattitude. Matt Fax. Matt V. V one, V two, VMFers. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> Matt, Matt strongly dislikes mustard. That's by far the the the, the most uh, most finally remembered Matt fact. That was great, though. I mean, that was that all your uh, your ideas. You know the the whole idea that the the Matt Hardy the version one Matt two that was all my stuff. Version one initially I had suggested to be a name for myself. Jeff Edge and Christian as a unit and mm-hmm. working against DX after our ladder match, but they they wouldn't put us together creatively, and and I think DX didn't want to wrestle against us that more, time. I think more, they'd shut yeah. it down. You know, so version one, I was going to be like, we're the version one of the new wrestler going right, first gotcha. in the twenty first century. Um, so I just put that in my back pocket and held on to it, and then once I, I turned heel when I went to SmackDown and split, I did that, and I had the idea for the entrance, but the Mad Facts actually, I, I don't know if that was a Kevin Donner production that they, they they threw that up, but then once they 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 gave it to me and they suggested I, I ran with it, and then. Mm-hmm. I was you know turning in four or five every week. We'll pick a couple of these. There's some good ones, and it really was, man. It's real crazy, especially now that the network's out. 
how widely remembered those are. People See, really yeah, love those. Yeah. That's the best thing about that network is you, people will say, I saw this match between you know, Jericho and Jeff or Jericho and Matt or Matt. Things you don't even remember doing. Right, yeah. right. And now crazy. people are just watching this stuff. And every day I'm getting tweets. I saw this yeah. match that much. Same here. It's, it's pretty cool to have that your whole body of work in one place to be able to watch it whenever you want. For sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, one of the greatest, one of the funniest things, whenever the network launched and came back, I remember Tommy Dreamer, we were doing a, a show together, may have been a house of hardcore, but he's, he's one of the guys I see a lot, you know, on my travels mm-hmm. now. He said, Matt, he said, we can raise our book and press, brother, we're back. The network's here. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> yeah, pro right. wrestling mindset. <laughs> now, he's doing Mattitude on SmackDown. You're over on Raw. And I remember they had you and Bubba together because we worked you guys together for, for quite a few times, had some great matches. How was that kind of teaming with you know somebody else other than your brother yeah it was strange you know at first but i was kind of uh i guess that was uh, the, the conflicted enigma back in those days <laughs> i was kind of trying to figure out who i was as a solo competitor mm-hmm. you know and where i was going what i wanted to do but yeah it was strange at first but um the more i did it especially leading up to the undertaker world title ladder match i mean that was like that was, you know, this, it for me. I mean, like that, that moment where, oh, yeah, I can make it on my own and, and, and there's, be great. There's one thing, and I'm, I'm sure Matt will agree with it. There's certain people, and there's not many, that just have this X factor. And you've always had that. You don't even have to say anything or really do anything. You've never been, really been much of a talker. Right. But people just love you. You've just got this vibe and this air. And that's when you started to really get over as the singles performer by just being yourself. People loved you, man. And like you said, to work with the Undertaker – Coming from the the job guy who fell off the ropes, you know, five years earlier. How was that for you? Oh, it was awesome, man. And 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 finding your own like zone and way. I remember like not starting to not be afraid to like when I started using paint, for example, mm-hmm. I'm gonna paint my face crazy or wear this or that, uh, and just be myself. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, it was so good for me as far as a confidence boost to know that I can make it on my own. And now, I mean. Years later, I'm 36 years old now, and it's just that vibe is better than ever as far mm-hmm. as me not being afraid to mm-hmm. be unique and find something else to do. For example, uh, I was painting my face for a while, you know, and then I, I was off for a month. I was coming back. I wanted to do something new, and I said to myself, man, nobody's ever really painted their neck before. Uh, let me start painting my neck, and I'll just do my eyelids, and it just it was the coolest thing. I did that for a while. And now I'm kind of out of ideas, but I mean, <laughs> as long as I can. T- My favorite to, uh, one you started doing recently is that you close your eyes and you've got eyeballs painted on your <laughs> yeah, eyelids. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, cr- that's yeah. freaky, man. It's, that's it's, cool. It's it's the artist coming out, of yeah, it, for sure. Like with the painting, the the music, the wrestling, it's all kind of sure, out. sure. It's art, you know. Yeah, re- and wrestling sure. is art. Like people no who don't understand that, anytime you create something out of nothing, that's art. And, and putting together a match is like it's a painting. It's, it, a it, it's an art form. I mean, you it's know? storytelling. It, it really is. And, and, and you know, something you said about Jeff, I mean, it, it really, it, it, it rings true with him more than anyone else. I mean, I, I could go out and try and be right. like he is or do what he is, but you can't. I mean, the thing is, I know my parameters, and, and, and you know yourself so well, and you have for a, a, a long time now. And, and I think in this business, it, as you continue to grow and learn as a performer, it, it when you really understand what you are and, and your parameters, what you're good at, what you excel in, what you do best, and you know to kind of cater towards that, I mean, th- there's a victory in finding mm-hmm. who you really are because that's, that's when you do your best work. And, and with him, it's just like he doesn't really have to put in the effort. He just has to be him, and he has to do what he would do normally, and that's what's so special about him. When people say that it factor, it's not like he has to go above and beyond to try. No, he just has to be himself. It's there. It's yeah. just there. you know. And, and there's just the things he does in day-to-day life is just special. He comes off as very special. That it factor is there. It, because he- you have the confidence and belief. It's like if you go see the Stones and watch Mick Jagger on stage, you know, if anybody else tried to do that, you'd 
look stupid. Right. But Mick is Mick. Ozzy's right. Ozzy. Jeff yeah. is Jeff. You yeah. just be you. Right. And yeah, I've said that know? before. If I went out and tried to be Jeff, right. I would look dumb because right. I wouldn't come off Paint as your real. face or something. I, it would I look stupid. It's artificial. Yeah. It's fake. It's phony. And, and, and one of the best things I ever did was whenever I split from Jeff because whenever we did the Hardy Boys together and we were like, you know, the Hardy Boys, the, you know, the, the guys who fear is only a four-letter word or Team Extreme, whatever, the guys who were flip and had no fear, mm-hmm. that's really not me. I mean, mm-hmm. I can do some of that stuff, but for me, it's I'm much better if I'm doing the version one or in Ring of Honor is doing the iconic thing. You know, I'm the larger than life, you know, almost delusional, iconic, you know, I'm great or yeah. take whatever I've done that's really good and like, you know, push that to the max and like, hey, look at this. I've done, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I know who I am, you know, and I, sure. I feel like there's a victory in that. And it was good for us to split because Jeff was more of, of that guy. And when we come back together, it's even, even better because we're so much more well-defined as characters. Yeah, I think, I think so. Even like I know like I have twin daughters and the big thing a couple years ago was split them up in school because when they're together – it's hard for them to be individuals and you guys always being together. But I'm sure like in the, like for a while there, it seemed like a tag team when they split, there was always one guy that was, you know, Bret Hart and one guy that was Jim Neidhart or the famous, you know, Michaels and Janetti. You guys never had that. You both, you both came and, and became your own specific characters. Was there ever a little bit of like, of nervousness though? Like what happens if I go on my own and, and fail? And, I mean, a lot of people, I think, would, would imagine I would be the one that experienced that nervousness. But really, I like look forward to the challenge. Like, I wanted my chance to like prove myself and and do stuff that was different. And you know, I felt like you know, once I got a chance to do that, especially during that Manitude version one, and it was cool because a lot of things were clicking. I got an opportunity, so that I did really well out the, out of the gates. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just the thing is, when people think about us becoming great as the Hardy Boys, I can't be thought up in that term, thought as in that term, because that is not exactly who i am as an individual mm-hmm. performer you know jeff is more that way but i know the parameters of what i do and what, what is good sure and as far as being nervous I, I i never had a fear of like oh my god i'm gonna fail i just i always had like you know within me a passion like to prove myself yeah, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. still as good sure as good sure as but own. you always had a lot of ideas and you, you're very much a hustle like you said so i never really thought that was going to happen i knew you'd go do your thing and you go do yours now you mentioned you work with undertaker jeff obviously a huge honor you guys tore the house and i specifically remember that and then shortly after you, you disappeared you were gone from the wwe um what was the reasons for that was that was that issues substance issues oh, was so it definitely attitude issues? issues yeah addiction 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 yeah and uh went away for a while i had to get straight man and luckily uh you know they tried to send me to rehab but i didn't want to do it i wasn't ready for it then mm. continued to be addictive you know and then went to tna for a little while that didn't work out because i was still addicted and then i got straightened out man just out of nowhere i knew if i didn't stop it was going to kill me mm-hmm. basically so i just had to stop and i'll never forget uh feeling confident enough to go to uh Norfolk, Virginia, to a SmackDown, I believe. I don't know what year it was, but and and see what I could do if there was a chance that I might could come back. And it was a struggle, but yeah, uh, yeah. they gave me the chance, man. And uh, and luckily, you know, I I was given that chance, and and I made it work. Is this something that you had to talk to Vince about, or? Oh yeah, Vince and Johnny, yeah, basically. And and they gave me the chance, and three years into, you know, everybody knows two suspensions. Almost never a third, but uh, but I finished three years and then I didn't resign. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was just it was a long, rough road, man. It's that, tough. that recovery for it's sure. It's tough it was- being on the road, man. I mean, people don't understand that. You know, in this this world, this life is harder than being in a rock band, for example, because you get time off. You go on the road for you know three four weeks. You get three four weeks off. We never get time off. It never ends. Yeah. And there's you know, I just came back last week, and this week I've driven eight hundred miles already. From New York City to here. You forget that. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, wow. 
what am I doing? You know, it's and a grind. It, it's yeah. easy to kind of lose yourself and get involved with things you shouldn't, you know, and, and it does affect you. And, but I don't ever blame anybody in this job because, you know, you, you hear back about like in the 80s, you know, those guys used to work 300 days a year and all addicted to drugs and on pills. Like I would have been too. Are you kidding me? Yeah. For that type it's of a insane, schedule? Yeah. It's insane, right? Yeah. So what was it that you were, that you were addicted to? Pills? Pills mainly, yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So was it hard to get off of it? I mean, it just took me a long time, and it took me mm-hmm. ultimately uh, in '09, September of '09, getting arrested, and you know, getting charged with all these felonies and everything, and getting in some serious trouble that went on for two years. Thank God, TNA gave me a job that helped me out so much that that I could work during all this, you know, mm-hmm. stressful time, and it helped with the, you know, me working and all that. With the, it was just, oh, it was terrible, man. Just leaving WWE, and then a few weeks later getting arrested. It was just, oh my God. Wow. And yeah. then you actually had to do some jail time for that too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I got out, I got out easy. I did ten days, and uh, and three years probation. But all oh, oh, that's man. behind me. I'm done with everything, and it was just, but yeah, it was it was a long road. Uh, of recovery for me but i mean when you look at the big picture sure ultimately it took me getting in trouble to actually set my ass straight and that's pretty cool that you said tna kind of stood stood oh, behind it you saved me man it, it saved me you for know? sure yeah we're talking to matt and jeff hardy the hardy boys team extreme now they're both wrestling solo for tna impact but coming up we're going to talk about winning titles in both wwe and ecw we'll hear about jeff's new music projects and you know what else i'm asking the talk is jericho standard Favorite matches of all time. More Hardys coming up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is, talk is, talk is Jericho. We're back with Matt and Jeff Hardy. So tell us about about working in TNA in comparison to working in WWE. Uh, Because you pretty much have been there on and off, but one of the, the cornerstones of the company. And to this day, still if not the most popular guy on the show, one of the top two, depending on who else is there. How was it going from you know WWE to TNA, which was just kind of a fledgling startup company? It was weird, but I really see it as this. I mean, uh, you know, I uh, there's there's two worlds here, and naturally, uh, WWE is the huge world, but TNA is this little other planet, you know, that mm-hmm. exists in pro wrestling. And and I, I mean, I, it's just a part of me. What I I mean, I'm a professional wrestler. I don't think it matters where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrestle the same and, and be the same. And in TNA, I've really evolved way better than I thought I would as far as staying, remaining unique and, and performing. I'm, like, smarter than ever in the ring at what I do. Um, but, yeah, just smaller crowds, you know. I don't work as many shows, and, and I, I love uh, my schedule now. They're giving a, you a good platform, oh, God, too. I have a three-year-old daughter, too, and, you know, that's yeah. you know how that is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my, you know, light of the day and, and everything. It's just... Uh, I got a lot of time off with with my family, and and when I work, I go hard, and I have a lot of time off to heal, and it's it's just perfect for me right now. Now, how was it for for you, Matt, when 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 Jeff was going through these things? You were still in the WWE at that that time. Were you worried about your brother, but you still got to pay attention on your game and still keep kicking ass on your end? Yeah, no, I, I was absolutely worried. I mean, you know, because I was there with him through thick and thin. I, I knew everything that was going on, and I, all I could do was be there to help. 
you know, and, and I would do whatever I could. I, I offered my services in, in many ways, and I would just I was going to stand behind him regardless of what happened or what was going on. And, and, and like you said, man, he just evolved. Like, he evolved after he left WWE during that time he was in TNA when he came back to WWE as on his game, and then, you know, he got hurt or whatever, and, you know, just things happen, mm-hmm. you know, the insanity of this business. But, like, right now, the evolution of him, he is, I know from – him being the most unpredictable person I've ever met in my life, being my family, he's the most responsible person I know now. It's mm-hmm. it's unbelievable the transformation. Like people wouldn't believe it. Like if you could just put a camera on him twenty four seven, you wouldn't <laughs> believe how responsible and how how good he is. And you know, it just it, his daughters made a huge difference. I know that, mm-hmm. and he's just so dedicated to to his family, and he's just so dedicated to like being good now. And it's just it, it's amazing. It, it's cool to see. It's also very inspiring to see. Well, let's talk about the you guys becoming world champions. I mean, once again, the two kids that come from the tobacco farm in Cameron, North Carolina, Reynolds, and you both end up being world champions. I mean, how? I mean, what was when was your first run? Was as, as the champion? Was it when you came back as tag team champion? No, world champion. Oh, world champion. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, when I came back in like oh seven, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, something like. Because when you came back, I remember. I remember the Royal Rumble. I had just come back in two thousand and eight, and I think I worked with Bradshaw, and you worked with Randy Orton. And you were the most popular guy in the company, more than Cena, more than anybody. Agreed. Oh wow! You know, yeah. by far. I mean, it was yeah. amazing to see. You know, once again, you just came waltzing in, Jeff Hardy. What's yeah, up, yeah, man? Yeah. How you doing? And boom, how uh, how was it for you to become the world champion? Oh, it was great. I, it reminds me of the. It was about I was a year into my deal or something, and I just uh, myself and Umaga, it was a great American Bash. Unbelievable just, matches, oh, by the way. How good I, was Umaga, man? Too yeah. good, man. Damn, yeah. he was good. He was oh, so wow, good. he was good. By far one of the, the funnest guys for me to be in, to put a yeah. match together with, to get in there and tear oh, it up. Great with. matches. And he he oh, was a great God. athlete. And he knew who he was. Yes, so well. he knew he his character so well. Knew his character yeah. so so well. Yeah, and when you vibe with somebody, you know the feeling and the chemistry. You know, mm. uh, yeah, it was just such a good vibe. But yeah, leading up to winning the, the world title was just a dream come true for sure. I mean, Who did you beat for the title? Was it Orton? Uh, it was it was Edge and Triple H, and I a three way did the Swanton on Edge, I believe, and pinned him. Uh, one, two, three, and then yeah, and then there it was. I'm I'm the champion. It was unbelievable, man. Yeah, it was just uh, yeah, it was one of those surreal moments. It's very. Surreal. I remember the yeah. first time I won it, it was in state college. And it was kind of a, mm-hmm. a screw job thing, Earl having a fast that. count, I and then I got, very well. got stripped of it like after the commercial break. But for that 15 minutes before I got stripped, I remember thinking, like, if the world ends right now, it ends with me being the last world champion. I can yeah. take. I remember you're, looking at yeah. you're in the books. That's why I'm in the books, man. I just looking in the mirror with the, the title yeah. on, just like <laughs> no one's around. Like I did it, you know. Yeah. And then okay, and then I go back to work again. But yeah, 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 and yeah. and how about for you too, Matt, with being the coming the ECW world champion, which was I know was a huge deal for you as well. Yeah, it was just it was nice to be honored, you know, especially <laughs> especially in, in in that environment, you know, because I felt like I had done well on my own, and for me too, you, you'll get this probably more than most people do. There's there, it's also tough when you're trying to break out of that because like when we were split, you know, Vince and company, Jeff was the guy, you know, they thought well, both these guys are good, but you know, like he's yeah, the sure guy sure of two X of factor, yeah. you know, but but you know, going forwards, I, I was always still taking care of and always worked hard to do whatever, and you know, once I, I went to ECW and I won that title, I mean, for me, and this is how I think of, and I think this is how you have to think of it it's like we both won oscars they were just in different categories you know what i mean that's right yeah, you know yeah. and uh that is a good point it is like winning an oscar it is it might not even be your best performance but you get the oscar just yeah. To, yeah i mean it's just one of those it's a reward it's a reward to show your hard work and your dedication and and you're a great performer you know yeah. in many ways in wrestling is winning a title in wrestling is so much like winning an oscar you know yeah. not always the best person gets the oscar yeah. you know but the person who, who they choose and the person who's the most popular whatever it may be ends up getting it mm-hmm. uh 
but but yeah, it, it was very cool, and, and it was very rewarding to see that I was still being remembered, especially around this time when Jeff was starting to be red hot. I mean, he was white hot, you know, like you said, he was the hottest mm-hmm. guy in the company. And then even the, the the chance to work together and for us to work on that stage of WrestleMania was was awesome. That was another childhood dream of ours. What year was that? Uh, WrestleMania 25. So, okay, 08 or something like that or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yes, a childhood dream, right? Uh, or not. I mean, we had two dreams as, as, as children. Like, one was to be the, the tag team champions. We did that seven times. Uh, and then the other one was to wrestle each other at WrestleMania, and we got to do that too. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, if, if we would have just won the world tag team titles one time, like you said before, like, oh, my God, we've done it. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we're God, such big fans, such big marks. I remember after we won the titles, we, like, wore them home that night. We were so excited <laughs> because we fulfilled our dream. Wore them to the bar. Yeah, right? <laughs> and and, and, and it, it's, just, it's just one of those things like that you feel like you've succeeded you've done mm-hmm. it if, if we hadn't done anything else past that we would have achieved our dream you know everything else was extra credit and, and I, I feel like we we did pretty good you know from that point on uh, yeah but uh it, it's just nice to be recognized especially as a single competitor and i took a lot of pride in that like i wanted to make ecw as good as i could i mean uh, christian jay you know he we fought a lot of the same battles mm-hmm. in, in the same mm-hmm. way and, and, jay, and jay's awesome he's, he's so good and never given the the total underrated credit. i think yeah underrated never given the true credit that he deserves i think as a performer because i feel like he's one of the best guys i've ever been in the ring with mm-hmm. no no ifs ands or buts about it you know we both took a lot of pride in being the ecw champion like okay this is a brand even though it's like the the redheaded stepchild we're going to make the most out of and we want to make it great and make it good and i felt like we both did a hey, world champions we, we both did champion, a good job you know and sure. did you beat christian for the title uh no i beat mark henry it was in a mark. scramble match gotcha whenever i wanted actually i beat mark a couple of times and we went to a scramble match it was the first <laughs> the ever match. the first ever scramble match yeah. they had did you do one of those? i won a title in the scramble match yeah too. you know and you're like what the hell was Look that, at that. we're scram- <laughs> we're scramble brothers yeah, yeah. i think it was a, a short-lived one pay-per-view idea yeah it was, oh, yeah. This was stupid Get rid of this <laughs> That's, that damn wcw branding no. <laughs> winning the other uh the world championship because you've been world champion against I think, edge three like, times winning the other one yeah three yeah. times uh against edge in that ladder match was because that was the one i'd always admired and loved and wanted mm-hmm. you know when flair years ago first broke that out back in the wwf days the big gold belt oh yeah. i see that that, that title that yeah all, yeah you know, that is that's the coolest title ever but when i won that one is when you know punk cashed so i guess i was champion for like 15 seconds oh. <laughs> it was one of those moments yeah but yeah Regardless, it counts. Regardless, it counts. Yeah. yeah. And and I was for a moment. So. Yeah, that's funny. That, that world title, the Flair title, that one, when I won the Undisputed Championship, it was the Flair title. And then the, remember the Eagle title that Hogan yes. had, like the yeah. classic? Mm-hmm. That was cool. And they got rid of that yeah. one, too. And it's like, wow, man, that new title they have now, it's like, it looks kind of right. lame, you know? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, but still, those classic titles, those classic belts still mean something, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah especially to us who grew up as kids, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> watching. Yeah. And those, those were the titles, like, oh, my God. Yeah, totally. Is, you know, this is the Holy Grail, yeah. you know, and have it later <laughs> down the road. Now, Jeff, we mentioned Jeff went back to TNA, and you were still in WWE. And then you had your own problems where you kind of went off the deep end, too. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, just just towards the end of my WWE room because I was there. I, I never had time off. You know, yeah, you never I, stopped. I never stopped. Uh, you never. I don't remember either one of you guys ever really getting injured either. I, I was out with a, a torn ACL. Right. I, I had okay. That, I had my ACL torn and meniscus. Besides that, I worked regularly. Any other injuries, I worked through. And Jeff, and, how about you? I've never. Been, I yeah. remember that. It's yeah, amazing never. to think about it, 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 all yeah, the stuff you've done. It's insane. Wow. I mean, that, it, for him not to get hurt with the way Russell. Well, I mean, both he, you guys. So you had one injury where you're out for. Three months, six months. Four yeah, months? I was out for six months. Okay, so um, I mean, and, yeah, wow. But but so, but you you know just ratio. the the whole the whole while you know from ninety seven to two thousand ten mm-hmm. you know the length I was there I was on the road and I was also one of the guys that was one of the soldiers. It, even though if I wasn't in the top spot, I was always on the road doing on things. everything yeah. on everything you know and and that's one thing I 
you know, I, I compliment you on because you've been very smart at like working for a couple of years and then taking some time off or now, even as you get a little older, work for a run and then take some time off. Right. It's, it's just brilliant. Your body, your mind and your, you know, your emotion, emotionally you need all that. Yeah. You guys mm-hmm. both know mentally no you doubt. have to oh, be yeah. there more than physically. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. And, uh, and, you know, and for me, like towards the end of my WWE run, like whenever I had the, the feud against Jeff, I was my, uh, I had almost like oh, a tear yeah. in my abdominal area. And it was getting worse and worse. And for the longest time, I wore like three pair of boxer, you know, like a tight, like, like, like a like a like a girdle, the, but like a you know, just like the tight trying, spandex shorts, trying you know? to keep it locked trying in, trying to keep it yeah, in, yeah. whatever. And then I just kept working through it because I was going to be working with him. And then if that worked, I was going to get to work with Cena for a while. And and eventually, just like my body, it just. I had mm-hmm. overcompensated for it, and it like it burst out, and I had to have surgery for this for a torn abdominal muscle, and uh, you know almost like a, just a severe hernia, and then I broke my hand, and I just had a lot of injuries accumulating, mm-hmm. and then finally uh, I had to get out of WWE because I was at the point where I couldn't work or function without taking like a, a muscle relaxer or a pain pill, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then I, I knew that was too much of an issue. I took time off. I, I asked for my contract. I was I was I was a disaster towards the end anyway. Mm-hmm. I just need to get away. I finally got out of my contract. I did that. I took a few months off and then I ended up going to TNA because I was like, well, I'll be back with Jeff. The schedule will be lighter. But I was still like in the midst of it. I needed to at that point, looking back to take a year, a year and a half mm-hmm. off and let my body heal and, and, and your mind heal and let yeah. my mind heal and emotionally heal as well, because you get in that groove and and. Once you get into that position where you're hurt and and your 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 body is is damaged and you start taking pills, that addiction does kick in, mm-hmm. and it's like you have to take it so mm-hmm. you don't hurt mm-hmm. even worse, you know. And then finally, uh, after I got fired from TNA, I deserved that. I uh, had tried to stop taking pills on my own, and I did. I, I weaned down to nothing from the only things I ever took. It's funny because people go like, "Oh my God, I must take all kinds of drugs," you know, were like uh, muscle relaxers and a, and a pain pill. And then, like, I weaned myself off of them, and a friend said, I couldn't sleep for two or three days. A friend said, oh, you know what? You should try these. It's like over-the-counter Xanax. I think it would help you sleep, whatever. And I, I got some of those, and it was the worst thing I ever did because mm-hmm. it was almost like a bath salt. It was like an wow. over-the-counter deal. And that's what happened whenever I first got that DUI, whenever I had just crashed my car. I would just taken those things and, like, made me paranoid and crazy. And, you know, and for a couple of weeks, I don't even remember that period of two weeks, like, when I got in all my trouble and that stuff happened because I was taking that stuff trying to – you know, cycle off of what I was doing from just taking the regular pills, just trying to get back mm-hmm. in a sleep cycle, you know, or, or a natural cycle, a natural schedule. And uh, I was in legal trouble. So uh, what I had to do was go to rehab and it was good for me too, just to kind of get some time away. And, you know, I, I finally got through all that and then I, I just matured and I finally caught up with myself. Okay. I'm not the wrestling rock star. I'm a normal human being. I can perform this and do this on that mm-hmm. level, but I have to realize what I have to do to take care of myself because it, it's so easy. As you said before, to get caught up in that world, especially if you're passionate, you're trying to do anything to fight through to, to perform on this level or physically continue to go. And, and it's not the right decision. Well, you too. I mean, you've always been very uh, viral you know, you've always been very social media savvy. I remember the Hardy show was a big hit before there was ever really any kind of web series or anything like that. I think you guys are still selling them on DVD maybe or yeah. something like that. The Hardy show just, it just, came back too by the way it just came back all right but now is it on youtube uh it, it's still it's still going to be on the the uh the hardy show website where you okay there go you go so watch it. it's online though but i remember you were posting like, these really bizarre videos and the one was just grapes remember the grapes you're just eating i'm gonna eat grapes oh people the, the grapes it's, it's amazing how how i how over i got those grapes i'm sure from a dark period in the life yeah 
<laughs> you know, what was it? It was Matthew. Oh yeah, yeah. Matthew. That was it, your, but, that was your alter ego. But because it's, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're laughing about it. It's pretty sad, but now that we're on the other side, it's pretty. No, it's pretty it, funny, of yeah. course it is. I mean, yeah. that, that's all you can do is like live and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but it was one of those things. Like you said, I was trying to be you know viral, creative, different, but I was in the wrong mindset because I wasn't <laughs> thinking with a clear mind. You know, obviously. Right. Do people ever throw grapes at you when you're in the ring? Or? No, they haven't yet. But you know, you, <laughs> they should. You, you'll get a lot of those. Kevin Steen is great. You know, just like the other day, I, I posted a really funny picture. I, I did a TV show pilot, uh, and uh, I did a TV show pilot. It was it was called Indie Wars. It was like American Idol with with independent wrestling. Oh, it was, cool! It was amazing. Like right I hope it gets picked up. It'd be it's the greatest idea. concept ever. I did it with my buddy Nick Cerce, who was on Justified, and a couple a couple other guys who who did some reality TV and, and acting. And then uh, Kevin Steen, I posted a picture where this fan who looked like Kevin, except he was like hundred. 150 yeah, pounds yeah. heavier Big guy. I was like oh I said it was really sad to see Kevin Steen go from honor even though we never got go from ring of honor even though we never got along it was an emotional goodbye you know I'm like have this shaking his hand like oh my god it's so sad you know and I put it and this picture yeah, yeah, gonna yeah. have us went viral and uh, and Kevin had tweeted me back he said I don't know he said that's not me he said it looks like you're hallucinating again are you eating grapes again you know which was a great <laughs> yeah. tweet you know he would always go to that like grape is substituted for pills <laughs> well, oh is that what it was you're eating grapes instead is that why you had the no that, that was never one my of those plan, things but, I mean just... it, looking back in hindsight it kind of fits yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That period of a, but the, what was the idea behind the grapes? Just out of your mind, and just grapes was a thing to do. I think honestly, I, I had grapes. I had grapes that day as opposed to bananas at home. So you know, grapes got the call. They got the big. They got the big shot, they got brother. The call up, brother. They got yeah. the call. No, there, there, there was not. There was not like some master plan behind it. Yeah, it was just just somebody who was. You know who was who was burnt out, who who needed to physically, emotionally, mentally heal, who was trying to still be creative, yeah. and I was in the wrong state of mind to be doing it. So now you know, like you said, you guys kind of create your own schedule now. Both of you guys are out of the WWE, working in TNA, working in Ring of Honor. Uh, how how is it to be like we mentioned, just how crazy that WWE schedule is? Over, never ends, never ends. Is could you guys ever see yourself going back to that uh, type of a grind? Or are you happy doing things the way you're doing it now, calling your own shots on your own schedule? I, uh, I I certainly wouldn't want a full time schedule. Mm -hmm. I, I can I can say that. Like mm -hmm. uh, you know, if if I could pop in and do a little something here and there, and and it's funny because like just going through the things I've done, just like Jeff said too, with responsible. Like even with I'd worked with ROH, and I can I guess I can say it on this podcast right now because I did the TNA TVs. I know the Ring of Honor people that do the booking and everything. They want me there, but Sinclair felt uncomfortable. The TV uh, station that they, runs. They felt Ring uncomfortable with me being on the TNA programming, so I'm still doing TNA TVs going forward. So I'll probably be doing more TNA going forward than than ROH. But still, like I, I enjoy this deal where I'm a true independent contractor and and kind of do my own dates mm -hmm. and make my own schedule. And you know, like there's little gigs I do TV show or appearance wise that I can still do. I don't have to clear with anyone except myself. But you know, just just looking back now, like I pride myself on being like the perfect employee. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm very straight up. I'm very honest and. You know, I, I went through dark times, and he did too, but, like, I, I mean, we both came out the, the back end so much better. Mm -hmm. for, you know what I mean? And it's, sometimes it's easy to, to lose yourself in the insane lifestyle and in the passion and in the, the whole vibe and environment mm -hmm. of being in that rock star, right. rock star status. Yeah, really I mean, it's happened to all of us, you know. How about you, Jeff? I mean, and how do you feel now? You said you love your schedule. you got oh, yeah, a three-year-old daughter. For sure, I don't want that schedule at all. But down the road, you know, years down the road, I don't know. I, I might feel like it. I might not. But, um, I mean, I could see me wanting to again. I do. You know, I watch Raw, and I miss the universe, you know, mm -hmm. just those crowds and the excitement. But now, no, but uh, I don't know, maybe down the road. I'm not sure. Do you I, still do uh, a lot of your art? I mean, I remember you did the Illuminamis. Uh, this, you had a giant 
aluminum kind of creature that was hanging above your house. I mean, how was yeah, it, all that man. twenty feet tall or something like that? Oh yeah, it was huge, and all that uh, pretty much burnt down back in you know. Oh, when your house burned down, yeah. When we were, before we did that, all that crazy ass storyline with uh, Jack and all that, but with your dog, yeah. But yeah, but the land we we rebuilt and still used the same well, just right down the hill, and um, I still paint and and write. That's about it. Mm. I hadn't built no aluminum. So I do need to fix my mailbox up though. It's, it looks horrible because it's kind of became like a like a um tourist attraction uh for your jeff, mailbox jeff hardy fans yeah what but is it? there's tree it's just an aluminum it's oh a, it's a crazy ass looking <laughs> statue with, growing up with a tree and a vine but that's and how about you how about para oxygen still doing uh oh yeah we just stuff. started recording the new stuff and i'm starting to sing some and oh, oh my god and del oliver from he's been pushing me but the new stuff is Light years better than the album that was out because I'm pretty much just talking on on that uh, the first album. It's not mm-hmm. really you know I, I was in my safe zone, but now I'm kind of getting out of that zone, which is very exciting. The new stuff is way better. And and uh, the records released through TNA. Yeah, through TNA, they put the first one out. Not sure what we're gonna do. We're six tracks into the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what we're gonna do with that. If it's gonna be through TNA or we're gonna go our own route, I'm not I'm not sure yet. But we we may do ten. We may just do seven. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was it was cool to hear because I know that's always been a love and a passion of his. Like it was, I was really impressed with it. You know, so it I like cool. the one that I think I even might have texted you that you were using as your ring song. I can't remember what it was called when, it, when it, you were uh, using it. When TNA, you came out to it to a, one of your songs. We started, man. When I first went there, I, I'm I've done six total now every year at bound for glory we do a new one okay it's, it's crazy and kind of ridiculous but like nobody's ever done it so there no but that's I, that's cool though man know, like you said because it's a huge hobby for me just over the years writing these songs and we start and they all kind of tell a story um relating to my career the first one was modest it was all about making it big but then staying cool and calm and modest and the second one was when i did the the hill turn which was another me it was all about a different side of me and uh, we used that song the third one was resurrected after my uh, experience and let down at Victory Road 2011 when TNA gave me a second chance to come back. I was resurrected. That mm-hmm. one was one of my favorites called Resurrected. Similar Creatures was the next year, just uh, you know, for all my fans. <laughs> and then this this past Bound for Glory it was Time and Fate. So yeah, it's been a new one. And even when Willow broke on the scene, man, I, we did a we threw a song together quick for that, and I actually played piano on it, which is cool, the first thing. Man, it's just such a simple little piano. <laughs> it's all right, but it came together so quick. And uh, is this all on iTunes? Available yeah, on iTunes? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure. I think it is. <laughs> okay, a couple more things. I'll ask a couple more of these names. Who's Wildo Jenks? I think that was our tag team. Uh, well, WWE. We, we, we actually, when we were doing jobs uh, in a pursuit for us to get a contract or a real job, we said, hey, we also have this mask, oh, these okay. mask characters we do. And it was Will of the Wisp and Ignis Fatusis. Our tag team name was, <laughs> was Jinx. Okay. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how, how well you know <laughs> they these They did concepts. call me Will, though. Will, Will of the Wisp and Ignis Fatusis I, are kind of like the same thing in two different cultures. I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, so I know Will of the Wisp is like yeah. a creature in the woods that you're not supposed to follow, like a little light in <laughs> the some woods kind of or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. the little light. Could, yeah, it could kill you. But, but, but Jinx, <laughs> Jinx was the name of, of our tag team. Okay. And we gave him this information, and they put us on TV, and... You know, he held up his hand in the ring like we we're still just job guys. Even with the mask, we we're so disappointed. We're going, you're going to ruin our mask gimmick. And they called him uh, Wildo, and I was Ingus, <laughs> as opposed to yeah. Will of the Wisp and Ingus Fatusa. These yeah. guys were actually on WWE TV. Oh yeah, they oh, were. Yeah. We wrestled the uh, the Harris twins. Nice. It was sweet. Yeah. What was your name? Uh, Ignis. Ignis Fatusa yeah, on TV. It was Ingus. Ingus. <laughs> Ingus All we needed was a Beulah as a manager. We'd had the worst <laughs> names ever: Wildo, Ingus, and Beulah. How about Mean Jimmy Jack? 
Oh, that was me. That was uh, Matt and I both had these. No, or was that yeah, Jim? Uh, country characters, kind of a Western style. Um, yeah, me and Jimmy Jack was you. It was like Jimmy when Jack, yeah. we did the trampoline wrestling. He had a character. He wore a hat. He wore a gimmick mustache. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's me and Jimmy Jack Tompkins, and I'm coming to get you, boy. And I tried to take it all the way and put in a big uh, uh, pack of Red Man chewing tobacco. About <laughs> choked on the way of the ring. I was like 12 out there chewing tobacco. All right, Matt, let's go through yours. Evil Knievel. Yeah, it was a, a motocross four wheeler, and that's evil spelled E V I L. Like you're, yes. you're, you're mean. Yeah, but but you're, you're I, a baby face. I actually, oh, okay. yeah, I was a big baby face, a and, and, and I, I wrestled with a with a with a big helmet on and goggles, and my finish was I'd hit the ropes and come off with a head. Helmets were legal. Yeah. <laughs> Helmets were legal. I'd come off In with a big headbutt to the sternum. That was the finish. <laughs> what about the Grim Reaper? Uh, the Grim Reaper was the Grim Reaper, as you can imagine. It, it was a uh, cloak we, hood side, a cloak everything. hood, a little. I think it was a ski mask, but we covered it up with the big hood. Okay, so, so that way they didn't step on the executioner's toes because they they actually wore the <laughs> yeah. ski mask. Got the executioner here, uh, Ignis Fatu, high voltage. You okay? Uh, how about the White Cheetah? Uh, the White Ooh. Cheetah was a total ode to Macho Man Randy Savage. Who, who that was? Totally. That was my favorite wrestler. I mean, the guy who inspired me. But why would it be the White Cheetah? <laughs> it, it, but <laughs> that's like an ode to Tiger Mask or something. That's a great. That's a great question, Chris. <laughs> uh, it, it was the White Cheetah because uh, the first pair of Zubas I had were cheetah print. Oh, okay. And, and, and I had this pair of Zubas. Going back then, to the Zubas. And I was like, you know what? I get away with it because Macho Man would wear those sometimes. Sure. In interviews. He would wear those. And then I had a white bandana. So I wrestled. I came out with a – I think it was just a bed sheet. Like a, yeah. It had fringes okay, on it. I had to like whisper a, that. A big, Can't yeah. say that too loud in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bed it's a sheet. sheet. Kayfabe. <laughs> uh, you know, and I came out and I was holding it with the, you know, with the, the tassels around. The yeah. She's spinning around like Macho Man. Then I would take it off. And then I had the head man and the deal. And it's funny because typically we wanted our personas to look so different from. We were so concerned about this because we didn't want our demographics to know it was us. We wanted like Wolverine, Jeff Hardy and, and high voltage Matt Hardy to look different from their alter egos. But White Cheetah won a big stretch. I just had the bandana on. They probably would have recognized it was me because I didn't have like any mustache. or face It's or like Clark Kent with the glasses. Yeah. Like, what? Right, Superman, yeah. what? I don't recognize. Yeah. Gregory Helms those, in the Hurricane. One of those promos now. Oh, my God. They were great. Yeah. What about the Rawway Reaper? Uh, that, that's funny. That's something I did in a PWS, Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Rawway, is, New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. It's from Rawway, New Jersey. But there, there's a group there, and they, and they did a thing where they had like a student's battle royal. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they had a guy that had been the champion for a while, and I was going to – they were going to give me the big push, brother. I was going to get a run <laughs> with the title, trying to bring this business is, oh, up. This was pre, pre-WWE? Oh, no, this no, this was oh, so give me two thousand twelve. Yeah, give All me right. with the title, brother. They back on the scene. They, yeah. they were going to do what's uh, hashtag best for business <laughs> hashtag, and uh, and uh, they had like a students battle royal. I was dressed up like in a Grim Reaper outfit. It was around Halloween, and uh, I, I wore this and I, I performed badly. I did like left whackers to the back, <laughs> and then I won the match. And then uh, the champs like, oh yeah, well you're going to get your match now. And then I uh, beat him with a twist of fate and took my game. Ah. I was like, oh, it's Matt Hardy, you know, the place they go banana. <laughs> you guys always had cool names for your moves too. It was like I couldn't keep track of all of them. I remember trying to call moves on the fly. And I was like, I don't know what, like a spin cycle and twist of fate. And there's the willow, uh, the, yeah, the, whisper the whisper in the wind. Poor dream motions. That legitimately popped you. The oh, hardy yeah. arrest. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> at, at one point, I remember Vince told Kevin, and he said, tell those boys to stop naming all those moves, damn it. <laughs> yeah, because you have to too many names. Like Irish whip. Like, Here's yeah. the hardy, the yeah. hardy stretch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is this? You know, The coolest was that poetry in motion, though, when I think, uh, who said that for the first time? Michael Cole. That's Michael where you get it. Wow, that was when I just this saw that. Best, <laughs> biggest contribution to the wrestling industry. <laughs> it was like poetry in motion. And I was like, wow, that's a perfect name for that move. And that was where you jumped off of yeah, Matt's, Matt's back, back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Even now, the... even you know, and then the one off Matt's back to the floor, I, I named Poetry and Mayhem. So <laughs> All it's right. Bigger, you know. So it goes, go bigger. Next time, instead of looking at your old names, I'll have to look up all the names of your moves and have oh, to get man. you to explain them all to me. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so, a, last question, uh, and this is a hard one, but if you had to pick one match that stands out as your favorite, which one would you choose? What do you think, Matt? That, that, that's always a tough question, man. It is, and, isn't and, it? and I'm sure it's for you too because there's so many things that are like you know sentimental to you personally that that, that you really dig and, and love. But there's a few of them. You, got, you have some that pop in your head. Yeah, I, you know the the honest to God, the first one that pops in my head was uh, probably the cage match with Edge mm. uh, because it was it was such a an emotional, passionate feud, you know, and there's so many people were into it because it was real on on some levels and some levels it was was pro wrestling, but you know, just having that match and, and doing that leg drop off the off the top of the cage, insane. Which so many people remember, like you know, I paid for that years down the line. I'm obviously. sure you did. That's man. that's that's why I became the the most boring high flyer in the history of the business and <laughs> and changed the leg drop in a hoe, drop an elbow to the back of the neck. You know, because, you're the most boring high flyer, and Jay's the ugliest pretty boy. Yeah, that, that, I, I say that all the time. Too. Yeah, <laughs> is, Christian, right. the ugliest yeah. pretty boy. That's funny. Yeah, I'm the most boring high flyer in the history of the business. <laughs> But but yeah that, that that match was really special and and I thought we made magic that night it was mm. really really good um you know other matches that, that stand out were the first time we won the tag team titles I mean that was our dreams from Edge Christian from, no from the acolytes, acolytes the first sorry, time that right. we won them it was against, against the APA uh, the the TLCs were special they stand out because that was just revolution you know revolutionary mm. matches uh, I also dug the match we had at WrestleMania 25 that was real special because that was always our dream too you know but th th there's a lot of matches that were great the the first one that probably stands out more than anything else is that cage match mm. just because it was so dynamic and and so intense and so passionate and you know it was just that that moment where as a, as a single star it was just like a, a huge win and, and the culmination of a, of, a, of a big moment right right right. how about you jeff uh, i'm gonna go with that the, the first tag team ladder match with edge and christian because it was just such a turning point for us and and i'm yeah. gonna try to be clear when i mentioned motocross and the comparison earlier that's where it comes from whatever that is when i have this big vision and i want to conquer it like whether it's jumping off a ladder off a scaffold or going through a table in a certain way, I mean that's that's comes from wanting to complete this jump that's so far. You know, mm -hmm. I can do it, but can I? Once you commit to leave that jump, you know, there's no turning back. <laughs> that's right. So with that ladder match, we had all these visions, man, and just getting out there in front of a huge, great crowd and and conquering that vision of whatever it might have been, the seesaw, and just and hearing those reactions. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like that, man. Especially being so young and and getting the chance to do what we were really good at. Uh, that as tag team, as far as tag teams go, but singles, I would say. Uh, that Undertaker uh, mm -hmm. heavyweight title match, just that was the perfect story of the underdog, you know, uh, against the the man, and, mm -hmm. and almost coming so close, and 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 uh, not winning, but God, that you won, went, you yeah, won that night, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because when Raw went off there, I'll, I'll never forget the scene of me like just looking at my fingers, like laying on the mat after, like you had touched, yeah, continuously getting up and. Oh, it was just great. Yeah. So yeah, solo wise, I would say Undertaker and tag wise, cool. uh, Edge and Christian that first ladder match. Well, guys, it's been great having you, man. I'm glad we we're able to do this. It's good to reconnect. Always been two of my favorite guys, and uh, it's good to see you guys again. You too, man. Thanks for having us, and uh, and this was a lot of fun. Like uh, it was real cool to sit down and kind of catch up and talk shop with you, talk history. Yeah, a lot man. of fun, man. Always is good memories, man. Thanks, guys. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thanks to Matt and Jeff Hardy. Two amazing episodes. It was Hardy, yeah, boys, week. Here on Talk is Jericho, and I think they delivered uh, above and beyond what I expected. Thank you for listening, and thank you uh, for coming to see Fozzie. We're underway doing a bunch of headlining shows in between the dates with Theory of a Dead Man. Like I said, we've got uh, San Antonio tonight, uh, tomorrow the big festival in Shreveport. Tuesday, we're going to be heading to Atlanta at Center Stage. So many big, big gigs coming up. Uh, and another cool thing was that this week... 
The Sandpaper video, which we released just uh, under two years ago, hit one million views on YouTube. Go Google Sandpaper Fozzie and watch the video. Do you like Evil Dead? It's an Evil Dead homage, the famous Bruce Campbell movie, which I actually named my son Ash after Bruce Campbell's character in Evil Dead. And we based the uh, video for Sandpaper on Evil Dead movie. So go check it out. Over a million views for this video and for this song. So why don't we play it right now? Let's check out the song. If you haven't heard Sandpaper, this is from our last record, Sin and Bones. If you like the tune, go check it out on Amazon or on iTunes and go watch the video on YouTube. Here we go. Sandpaper. A cat scratch, a whiplash, a witch hunt in black. Sandpaper. What do you think? You like it? 
Hit us up on the Twitter at Fozzy Rock and let me know what you think. If you like it, go check it out on Amazon. Also, my third book, if you like the first two books, the third one is coming out October 14th. The best in the world at what I have no idea. I'm going to be doing some appearances and signings for that. I'll release all the dates very, very soon. I might even read some passages from the upcoming book just for you here on Talk is Jericho. You can pre-order it at Amazon, and if you do, use my Amazon links. Easiest way to support the show, easy to find. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page. Eh? Then click on Talk is Jericho, and you'll see all three of my Amazon links in the UK, the USA, and Canada. Eh? Every time you do that. Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done and you're helping me out in the process. So thank you so much for subscribing. Talk is Jericho. If you haven't yet, just go to that subscribe button at iTunes and press it. So easy. Then you'll never miss an episode, right? Okay, that's it. Another exciting, exciting show. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. We will see you next week for another two-parter with director and pop culture icon Kevin Smith. He's directed so many great films, Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Jersey Girl, so many uh, killer movies, and his new movie, Tusk, has come out this week. Kevin is back on the big screen, and man, can this guy talk. One of my favorite, favorite episodes of Talk is Jericho, a two-parter with Kevin Smith coming up next week. So come back and join us. We'll see you then. Come on down. See you next week, and a big yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.